Welcome to the Birth of a Mama podcast, a place for sharing what it's like to become a mother in this modern world. I'm your host, Natalie Welch, postpartum dietitian and coach, and mom to one spirited little girl. Listen in to hear a variety of firsthand experiences and intuitive understanding that comes from going through it and thriving out the other side to tell the tale. From pain and exhaustion to immense love and joy, come here for the unfiltered realities that no one seems to talk about when it comes to postpartum and beyond, because your story matters. Now let's talk about it. everyone. So today I actually have a little mini announcement that I want to start with. And that is that I am beta launching my brand new private coaching program, The Renewed Mama. I only have space for enrolling five clients and the doors open today. (laughs) It's a three month program. So we have 12 whole weeks together and you'll meet with me every other week for a total of six sessions. So lots of handholding. You'll go through the three R's of my renewed mama framework, which includes reconnect, replenish, and restore. This program's for any mom zero to two years postpartum who is struggling with fatigue, brain fog, mood issues like anxiety or depression, low self-esteem, poor body image, poor communication with their partner, and so much more. There's two price points to come in at because I really wanted to make this as accessible as possible. Both are at a, at a huge discount since this is a beta launch. I just want to say if this sounds like something of interest to you or you know of somebody who maybe this could benefit, go to the link in the show notes and book a free call with me and you know we can casually chat about your goals. I can answer any of your questions and we can see if this program and myself would be a great fit for you. Okay, that's that. In today's episode, I have Jackie Fox on the podcast. She is a teacher and an online fitness coach and mama to her daughter. She's exactly one year postpartum at the time of recording. And she ended up needing a C-section and she talks about her experience of postpartum preeclampsia, which is you know more rare than having preeclampsia during pregnancy, but very scary. Um, I love her outlook and her attitude. She was so easy to talk to. We basically both agreed on every topic that was brought up, especially that of postpartum care in the United States and how moms need way more support than we're getting. She gives so much amazing advice throughout, and I really love how she talks about reframing and pinning down what's truly important to you after you have a baby because things really do change in so many ways. So without further ado, here's Jackie. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Birth of a Mama podcast. Today on the show, I have Jackie Fox. Jackie, thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be so fun. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here. Let's have you start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and your family. All right. So my name is Jackie. I am a new mom. Um, I have a beautiful daughter, Winnie. She is one years old. I, we kind of met like, uh, well, you and I kind of met online. Um, I do online fitness. Um, I'm a health and fitness coach on there and I, I do that part-time and full-time I do, um, high school biology. I'm a teacher there and, um, I just really love, you know, talking to other moms about all of this stuff because I feel like I was a little unprepared for the whole thing. And I just love connecting with other women about that and yeah, sharing, sharing my story. Yeah, I love it. I love that you're a teacher because, man, we kind of talked a little bit before we started recording, but teachers are doing the real work out there in the world and don't get enough credit. So 
thank you for what you do. <laughs> thank you. Oh, of course. It just, it's a fun job, but it's also, it's a little nuts, especially as a mom. So yeah, I'm yeah. excited to talk about that a little bit too. You're like a double mom. You have your, your family at school and then your family at oh. home, right? <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. Well, let's also start with having you tell the listeners, if you had to describe your transition into motherhood in three words, um, which words would you choose? And you can explain why if you want. <laughs> my three words. I've been thinking about this all day. Um, my three words, humbled, blessed, and the third word I've been like toying with a few, but I think I'm going to go with um, peace. Oh, no, I... I I was going to say peaceful, but it's not peaceful. It's like an at peace with myself kind of. Word. Okay. But, um, yeah. I haven't like thought of the book. My mom brain is like all over the place all the time, but definitely like humbled. Yeah. A lot of it blessed and, you know, kind of at peace And it, which is, it's changed a lot over the course of the year. I will say, if you asked me this, like last year at this time, it would have been surprised, stressed. Um, like in a few other not as great words. But. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's so much more than just three words, right? Like it's so hard to put it into three words. And I love that you point out, well, if you would have asked me this a little while ago, it would have been different because everything is constantly changing, right? In motherhood, especially like, I mean, obviously in life in general, but there's seasons to everything and they're always like hitting their next milestones and going through the next development and, you know, you're going through your own stuff and learning as well. And so, yeah, that's a good point that it's always changing. Completely agree. I feel like with every milestone they hit, you're also hitting one, especially as a new mom and everything too. So it's, you're constantly learning and relearning everything about yourself. And, you know, after a lot of work, I can definitely come to like a place where now I'm like very at peace with myself and like very blessed and humbled through like the last year of motherhood. Yeah. I like that piece because it's it's not like, oh, everything's just so peaceful and blissful, but it's like you've come to this place of like, I'm able to find the yes. peace, yes. which kind of comes from learning how to like let go and surrender, I feel like, you know, which yes. is a huge lesson in motherhood. Oh my gosh. That's been a really, really hard thing too, especially because, and I'll talk about it a little bit later when we talk about things, but um, I definitely went through a really bad postpartum anxiety and had postpartum depression and just being able to like now find a place where like, I don't have to have control over this and like, I don't have to be up every hour checking on her breathing and everything. It's just, it's, I can let go a little bit and I can trust my choices and my decisions and everything, which it took a long time to get there. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really, those are all such valid points. And I'm like sitting here nodding because I'm like, yep, I remember, yes. I remember going through similar, similar things. So, yeah. all right, well, let's next have you talk about, you know, like how did your pregnancy go? And then did you prepare at all for postpartum? So after the arrival of the baby? So pregnancy was, I wish I could say like, it was one of those things where all that, you know, you hear that you're like more in tune with your body and everything. I felt very much like a stranger in my body during pregnancy. It was a little confusing. There's this, you know, rose colored glasses that I feel like a lot of moms talk about pregnancy and I see it now, now that I'm like not in it for the first time, I see like the good things about it. But at the moment I was very like uncomfortable. I was always just like, what is that? What is that? Is that safe? Is that not safe? Can I do this? Can I not do this? So it was a lot of stress, I feel like, from the get-go because they like, 
you know, give you this huge packet of things you can't do. And all the books are like, you can't do this anymore. And it's just, it's a lot. And I feel like, you know, being somebody with anxiety, I was always just kind of like, oh my gosh. So <laughs> I think if I were to do it again, it would be a lot different knowing what I know now, but definitely <laughs> was a, a little crazy at first. And I feel like I did prepare for postpartum, but I prepared for the best case scenario postpartum, which, you know, I didn't have. So I prepared for like, oh, I had a natural unmedicated birth. And, you know, these are, you know, those um, like frozen, like witch hazel and aloe things that I was mm -hmm. like, I made so many of those. And, you know, I ended up having an emergency seat. Well, we'll get into all that. But like, um, I prepared that kind of way, but I feel like I didn't prepare enough for like if something did go wrong, which it kind of did. So. <laughs> and that's, you're not alone in that. Like that's so common. And that's why I love asking this question is just to see, you know, like where people's minds were at before the baby arrived. Like, were they even thinking about preparing? Cause a lot of times there's no preparation or you just decide you're going to wing it or like you prepare, but for the best case scenario, like for what you want the outcome to be. And it's like, well, Unfortunately, we don't have control of how it goes, but, um, yeah. So you're not alone in that. That's very common, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of times too, like you're not really told how to prepare postpartum. You're kind of told how to prepare for a baby. And those are very different things. I've grown to realize that like you need to kind of prepare yourself for postpartum you and a baby. And yes. I feel like a lot of times like the classes and the doctors don't really, not, it's not really like the doctor's job, I guess, but like they don't really prepare you for like postpartum you. I mean, I feel like it is like, I feel like we are being failed with oh. our healthcare system, you know, like I feel like, cause, <laughs> cause what about mom? I feel like that's kind of, well, that is how this podcast was even kind of came to be is because I, you know it's all about baby, but you're also being born, yes. right? Like you're also coming into motherhood. You're coming into this new identity, this new life. Everything about it is turned upside down from your normal like world that you're used to. You can no longer just go do anything you want to do. You can no longer just like, you know, be the person that you were before, um, exactly. physically and emotionally and mentally, like all of the, in all of the ways. And yeah, I think that we are kind of failed with our healthcare system. Not that it should all, you know, only be our doctor's responsibility or whatever, but that there should be something more built into the system, like more beyond just a, okay, you get one follow-up after you give your, give birth at six weeks postpartum, you're cleared for exercise and sex, and then you're sent on your way and that's that. And you're screened with a little questionnaire and, you know, oh, you're good. Okay. See you later. Like have a good life. <laughs> I could write a whole novel about how there's yeah. not enough care for like postpartum you. But I feel like at the hospital, and this is just my personal opinion, I think that they should have a doctor who's not a mother baby or, you know, whatever doctor come in and talk to you and be like, this is how recovery is probably realistically going to go. Here are some things that could help. Here's the best way to recover instead of like, let's get up. Like, let's keep moving. You gotta do that. And it's, you know, you're just kind of like, I don't, this is my first rodeo. Like I've never done this before. I don't know how to recover correctly. Yeah. And I think like, 
it's just, it's scary sometimes too, because then we're also in this age where we have, I think, too much information at our hands that, you know, you look something up and you're like, oh my God, like this is, this is the end for me because I had like this one random symptom that Sally Sue also had online and she had to be, you know, like hospitalized for it. And you're just not like realistically told how your healing is going to go. I love that. I love having somebody. And I mean, I guess like postpartum doulas or, you know, technically yeah. they're not like medical mm-hmm. um, people, but they can kind of come and support you in that way and talk to you through things, which is amazing. And they're great, but they're not included. It's like not part of care, right? That's like something you have to go out of your way to hire them. It's expensive that mm-hmm. not everyone can afford that. So it's kind of this luxury thing. And yeah. I love having like your idea of having that built in, like they come into your room afterwards and it's part of the process. They come in and they talk to you about what to yes. expect, what's normal, what's not, what to look out for. Cause they kind of do that, but they just, it's on a piece of paper. Like they give you all this paperwork when you leave and it's like, oh yeah. Cause I totally have time to do that now. Don't, don't, don't worry about the fact that I haven't slept in two days. Now let me just go ahead and do a bunch of homework. Like yeah, <laughs> what? Yeah. It's nuts to me. And like yeah. I ended up having postpartum or post eclampsia, which I knew nothing about. I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen until it did happen. And I just remember being there being like, what do I do? And they were like, yeah, just go home. And I'm like, what? Like, I just, I just go home. And of course that's when I, you know, went to the internet and looked up way too much information on it. And I was like, I just remember specifically like my, I want to say like third night home when like my blood pressure wasn't going down and not that it like it realistically would have in three days, but I just remember crying to my husband being like, what if I die? You know, like I was so afraid of that. And they just don't tell you anything. And like you look online and you're like, oh, this is high blood pressure after birth can lead to a heart attack, which is, you know, and I was just, and of course, like three days postpartum too, you're just full of every emotion on the planet and like the crashing of everything. And I just remember being like, I don't even know what's happening. I don't know what's happening to me. And it's just, it would, I just wish somebody had kind of like sat me down and been like, this is normal. This happens to so many women. You're on this medication for it. And like, things are going to be okay. It's realistically going to take like two weeks to kick in, you know, try and rest and try and do this. And you know, it, it was just kind of like, here's your medicine. Goodbye. And I was like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Not adequate, not adequate at all. Yeah. Like not even close No, because that is so scary. And it is, there are serious complications. You can die. Women yeah. have died from oh, yes. postpartum yes. preeclampsia. Like it's not unheard of. So yeah, you're valid in feeling that. And then like you said, on top of it, you're already so emotional because you just went through the greatest hormone shift you'll ever experience in your life. And oh. it's the one time you need so much support and there's like zero built in. None. Zero. <laughs> it blows my mind. I And I... I feel like that is something that needs to change a hundred percent because it's like, I know it is all about the baby, but like, and over the year of, you know, going through anxiety and like depression and everything with it, you can't help anybody if you're not helping yourself too. And if you don't have the tools or the know how to help yourself, you're just kind of like out there, you know, without a life jacket sometimes and just kind of struggling to help everybody. And it's, you're kind of just helping nobody at that point. 
Yeah, that's so well said. Yeah, it's so true. It needs to change for sure. So hopefully we can be part. I mean, who knows if we'll see change in our lifetime, but we'll be the ones fighting for sure. Yes, I hope so. That's actually why I go online and I, I am probably more open than I need to be about it. But I'm like, you know, on social media, I feel like everyone is so sunshines and rainbows sometimes. And I'm like, no, I'm always here to talk to you. Random person I met online. Like if you are going through something like I get it. I'm here. And like, it is a wonderful experience. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand the distinction that it is hard, but it is amazing too. And like, you know, if you're not always talking about the good, you're deemed a horrible mother. And I'm like, no, it's really hard. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, you can hold those two seemingly opposing and like dichotomous emotions at the same time I think it's hard for some people to understand that or like you said they view that really negatively or like you're just being a negative Nancy or you're just like so pessimistic and oh like you know you're playing the victim or whatever but it's like everyone's story is real and valid and this shit is hard like and it's okay to acknowledge that I think we should acknowledge that so that others that are going through things that are hard like Mm -hmm. motherhood especially for the first time, maybe they're alone and they don't have a whole lot of other people who have been through something like this. They go on social media and they see all these women just killing it with their clean homes and their cute outfits and their hair done. And their kids are just like little angels. And they're like, what am I doing wrong? Like, what's wrong with me? You know, hundred percent trying to change that, like change that script. (laughs) Same here. That was me. And it was, I just remember feeling like such a failure all the time. And I was like, why is nobody online being like, hey, my house is a mess. Like my kid is screaming and they also just fell and like bumped their head into this. Like they're okay, but you know, this is real life. Like my counters are sticky. My laundry folded pile, which it's awesome that I even got folded, has been sitting in the corner for like a week, you know, like yeah, it's, it's hard and it's harder when you think you're doing a bad job doing stuff like that because social media is like, you know, all these stay at home moms are like, you know, somehow making millions of dollars doing whatever, whatever. And like having the cleanest house and the happiest kids and the cleanest kids. And you're like, oh my gosh, like what am I doing? Right. Because there's obviously something going on behind the scenes that we're not seeing. They're not sharing the times when it is hard. They're not sharing the fact that they probably have a house cleaner and they probably have a nanny and they probably have someone who grocery shops for them or they use Instacart or whatever, you know, like there's things happening that we're not seeing. And so then we play this comparison game of, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm over here doing it all alone. And my I don't look anything like her and her beautiful home and her beautiful self. Like what's wrong with me? Yeah. It's so, it's so real. Yeah. It is so real. And I feel like, so my best friend and I had our babies, uh, like 26 days apart and she has a very different career than mine. She is a nurse and like works crazy hours and stuff, but she has like such a different schedule than mine. And she, I think like works three or four days a week. So she gets a little bit more days off than I do. And I just remember going to her house, you know, after like the first few months and being like, how is your house so clean? How are you doing this? Like, I feel like I'm at work and I come home and like, I have nothing left to do to clean my house. And she's like, we don't have the same jobs. She's like, you're a teacher, you bring home a lot of baggage. And she's like, you know, you gotta do all these things. She's like, I have these days off. Like, you know, and just to remember that 
no matter what, like you don't know what everybody else's story is. And you know, some people have better things going on and some people have other, like, you know, there's always a strength and a weakness to everything. Cause I remember her too being like, I'm so jealous that you get breaks because I have to work holidays and stuff. And there's always like a give and take with everything. She's like, I might have a clean house, but you get every holiday. And it's like, just important to remember that, you know, it's not all bad and you know, there's like a give and take to everything. A clean house doesn't always equal like, you're super happy with every situation you're thrown into. Oh my God. Amen, sister. That is so good. I'm sitting here just like thinking of all the scenarios <laughs> and situations and circumstances in my head that that could like be an analogy for. I'm thinking yes. of even like, and I, we're getting like so off tangent and we'll keep going on the podcast story here in a second. But like the last thing yeah. is that that's such a good point is that like there is always a give and take and nothing is truly perfect even when it looks like it is on the outside. Like I'm thinking of relationships and you're, you know, like if you're fighting with your partner and you're just like wishing that you could leave them or something because you want to find something better out there. And it's like you might find something better in those ways that it bothers you with the person that you're currently with. Right. Like maybe mm-hmm. you find someone who doesn't have those current things that bother you about them, but they're going to have something else. Like there is no such thing as someone out there that isn't going to bring something to the table that irks you. Right. It's just, yes. and it's the same with like in motherhood and in life. Like, like you said, there's a give and there's a take and you don't, we don't know the full story and it's always going to be something. So it's like, letting go and surrendering and stopping, stopping the comparison games and all that is like comes in really, really key. Yes. A hundred percent. Like it's yeah. A hundred percent. I know I, we could have a whole episode just talking about that because it's so good and yes. it's so true. And I just want to scream it from the rooftops for everybody. Yes, me um, too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. We're so on the same page. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's um, have yes. you share an overview of your birth. How did your birth go? Well, like I said before, I did prepare for the best case scenario and that did not happen. So, and this goes a little bit into like how pregnancy went to. So I went to my 41 week appointment because I was a week late and we, if you are late, you do have to have an ultrasound just to see how everything is going. And it turns out that, um, my daughter had like stopped growing. So she was on the smaller side. So they were like, we need to get her out. Like we are past the point of waiting now for you to go into labor naturally which like totally fine. They were like, it's nothing like terrible. She just kind of like, isn't gaining the weight we want her to gain. You know? So I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. I go in, I get induced, um, which is a wild ride by itself too. So then everything is kind of happening. The water breaks, you know, things are going on and then it's very painful. So I was like, please give me this epidural. Um, meanwhile, I was like, I could handle that pain. Um, but I had the epidural. I actually didn't have the greatest reaction to it. I ended up like, um, I think it's called like bottoming out when your blood pressure drops really low after you get the epidural. So that happened. Her heart rate started dropping because of it. And then like, we kind of got her heart rate back up and like, my blood pressure back up. And then I immediately started like, you know, not having a great reaction. I was kind of like throwing up everywhere. They were like, all right, emergency C-section time. So, and of course, oh my God, my poor husband, I had just made him run out to get snacks because I had eaten like all of our fruit snacks, which is, was my major craving during all this. (laughs) And he comes in like holding these like Wegmans bags of like fruit snacks. And they're like, all right, dad, like time to scrub up. And he's like, what? Like, (laughs) <laughs> scrub up like what are you talking about yeah. um, oh my gosh so 
We go in for the emergency C-section and oh my gosh, that could be a whole episode too of like just C-sections in general, which I feel like they don't tell you a lot about, but you feel way more than you think you're going to feel, um, like pressure wise and everything. So that was just, that's just my little tangent on that. But, um, so because like I wasn't feeling well from the epidural and they have to like pump, you know, full of like more stuff so you don't feel anything. I had a little bit of like a panic attack during it. Like after they got the baby out, she was fine. You know, everything was fine. But I was like, I, I just had a panic attack that I couldn't breathe. I was like, you know, I'm so thirsty. Like I can't breathe. My, I had like really bad cotton mouth. And uh, my husband tells this story really well. He's like, some nurse guy came up to me and was like, does your wife have panic attacks? And he was like, yes, she does. And he's like, the next thing I knew, they put something else in one of your IVs, you were knocked out and they gave me the baby. And I was like, oh, oh, like, <laughs> and he's like, we went to another room, they rolled you in unconscious and then we waited for you to wake up. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> like, okay. That's, that's my, that's yeah. Like I would, that I'm thinking of everything you're explaining and I'm just like, oh my God, like this sounds awful. I would be, I mean, that sounds really terrifying. <laughs> It yeah, was just like, just, just thinking about having your whole abdomen cut open down to your uterus, like that, mm. I feel like that in and of itself, they'd be willing me in. And I'd be like, I can't be conscious for this. Like you need to knock me out now. Cause I'm about I, to walk off this table without, <laughs> while I'm paralyzed. Like I can't I do this. wish they did. And you know what the crazier thing is while they're doing it, they are having the most casual conversation, like what they had for lunch. And I was like, I, I'm just on the table, like I'm being cut open right now. And they're talking about like, they ordered from Panera today. And I'm like, part of me had to be like, okay, this must be so routine for them that like, yeah. it doesn't matter. And I feel better about that knowing that the surgery isn't like something that needs like, right. It's a little comforting. Like, okay, <laughs> they do this so much. Like they're pros. Like it's cool. On one hand, I feel like I'm a number cause like, you know, they're just chatting about your lunch. But on the other hand, it's like, okay, maybe that's a good thing. It was just so crazy. So it was unbelievable. So I didn't get to hold my daughter right away which I woke up and immediately they're like, let's try breastfeeding. And I'm like, um, okay. Like, you know, you're so out of it that you're just like, all right, let's, let's do this, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then things were pretty fine from there. So I can't, I can't complain too much, but it was like a very wild ride from start to finish. I feel like. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I had prepared, you know, just a little backstory. I had definitely prepared for an unmed unmedicated natural birth. And that was like my plan. And, you know, you deviate from it, which I think is also why, you know, one of my words is kind of like at peace now, because there's so much you cannot control and she's here and she's healthy. And that is all that mattered at the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you sounds like you have a very positive outlook and you've come a long way since then. Cause that, I mean, that is that as much as like you're, you were both healthy, like, it's also okay to feel like that was traumatic or like that was not the birth experience you wanted and having to like mourn that. Cause that's a big deal. And I think a lot of people, you know, rip women like kind of rep repress that or they think if they weren't like, you know, totally just like abused in the, in the hospital mm -hmm. setting or something that they're not allowed to have a traumatic birth experience or have felt like it was traumatic. Do you feel like you dealt with any of that? Yes. Um, a lot. I have had a lot of friends who had, you know, quote unquote, worse births than me. I have a lot of friends who have had 
were like worse situations. And mm-hmm. so in my head for a long time, I felt very guilty that I was like, well, I, it wasn't that bad. You know, I am okay now. She is okay now. Everybody's okay now. But then, you know, I through like a lot of, you know, deep diving, journaling and, you know, connecting with other people on social media, your birth trauma is your birth trauma. If it's something that you are upset about um, a week later, a month later, five months later, a year later, that's a birth trauma. And no matter what, if anyone had it worse than you or, you know, you had it better than so many other people, it's still traumatic and you are allowed to feel that way. And I, it took a long time for me to admit that to myself and a long time to admit that to anybody else. And, you know, I just, if anybody gets anything out of this, like if you still feel upset about your birth, if you are still thinking about it and wishing you could have like gone back and done things differently, that is a trauma. And that is something that you're allowed to feel no matter how bad anybody else had it. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that because yeah, I see that commonly and it just like breaks my heart because it's not about like whose birth was worse, right? It's like you said, it's your own experience and that is valid. That Mm -hmm. is, that is valid beyond any other. It doesn't matter who else had what, right? It's like what happened to you and how you perceived that. Exactly. And I feel like so many of us go in expecting the best because that's a lot that we're told and a lot that we're seeing in the media that like, you know, your water breaks and you're wheeled in and it's like a five minute ordeal that you push really hard and everything comes out perfect. And it's okay to mourn that idea. And it's okay to mourn that you didn't get the birth that you wanted to have. And it's okay to mourn, you know, the moments that you probably like waited, you know, your whole pregnancy for that didn't happen. And I think that in itself is a, is a trauma, you know, the fact that you think like, oh, I'm going to hold my baby right away. And like, I'm going to have like this, you know, picture perfect delivery. And if it doesn't go that way, like that in itself is a trauma. Like I've learned that no matter what, you're allowed to feel what you want to feel with it. And there's a lot of trauma with birth, no matter what. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. I think that birth in and of itself is kind of like a baseline trauma, to be honest. It's just such an intense experience, even if you have a natural, physiologically normal vaginal birth and everyone's okay at the end of it. It's traumatic. Like it's, it's a, it's so intense. I mean, Oh, you're yeah. pushing a human out of your body. Like and it's crazy. Everybody watching like yeah. you're going through like this crazy, crazy thing. Like I, th- I agreed, like no matter what, it is a huge trauma and not that it isn't wonderful, but I feel like we're led to believe it's a lot easier than it is no matter yeah. what the scenario might be. Like, I think we're just led to believe it's, you know, a very magical, I'm in touch with my body experience in reality. It's, messy and it's scary sometimes and it's painful and it's all over the place and it's okay to like mourn that idea that you had yeah I love that yeah I think it's 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 okay and good to acknowledge kind of these like truths about it and I think a lot of times you know it's kind of just painted over as like oh you can just breathe your baby out and some people you know some women do some women like don't experience pain or like their perception is way different than what mine was or a lot of the women I talk to And that's, you know, it's possible and it does happen, but it is rare. And so it's just, it's everyone experiences so different, but like what I've heard from most women that I've talked to, like, it's a very intense 
emotional, you know, like experience unlike any experience that they've ever had before in their life. Oh, agreed. Yeah. It's, and again, like I know people too, who have like breathed through it and they took like a bath and I just remember before I got the epidural, I was like, there is no way breathing in a bath is going to make this feel any better. (laughs) So I give all the credit in the world to those women because like, yeah, was not me. (laughs) They're amazing. I know. I, and I thought I was going to be one for sure. I was like, I got this, like I've wanted this my whole life. Like Mm -hmm. this is, feels like what I was made for. And then there I am in the moment and I'm like, are you kidding me like how do you women do this I was shocked I was I I felt like I was sucker punched in the throat like I was like I did not expect any of what my birth was like and it was normal and physiological and vaginal and nothing (laughs) happened that was wrong and I still was like what in the actual fuck like (laughs) I'm never doing that again not to scare anybody I hope (laughs) that we're not scaring anyone out there this is just our our experience right this was just our this is our story your story I will say though too, if anyone is worried, like you will get through it. You will like kind of instinctively know how to protect yourself no matter what. And you'll know what's best in the moment for you. Um, And I think I kind of wish like that was said instead of like, oh, your body knows what to do. I'm like, mine did not. (laughs) Mine did not know, no, like not at all know what to do. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I love what you just said. Like, cause I was after my birth too, I was trying to process and be like, okay, what could I have done differently? Cause I felt like I prepared so much and yet I still felt sucker punched and blindsided. So like, what could I have done differently? Right. But it's that right there. What you just said, I wish someone would have told me something like, you know what, this is going to be them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bullshit you. Like this is going to be the most intense probably most painful thing you'll ever do in your life, but you will do it and you can do it and you will get through it because eventually it does end. And eventually you will have your baby afterwards and like, you'll be fine. Yes. Versus like, Oh, like, you know, I took like a hypnobirthing class and they teach you to like, you know, just imagine (laughs) that you're somewhere else and do these visualizations and like breathe your baby out. And it's, that's great if that works for you. But in the moment that shit did not work for me. Same, same. But enough about me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want to get back to Jackie, but I love, I love this. I love what you said. Like that, that's, that's that right there. I think it's the mm-hmm. golden ticket, like yes. the truth about it. But then also the other half of the truth, which is a little bit more like enlightening and hopeful is that you will get through it and it does end. Yes. You will get through it. It does end. And you know, honestly, like no one is a failure, no matter like what route they had to take to get the baby out. A healthy baby is a healthy baby. And no matter the route it got here, because I feel like, again, too, like even the natural way, like I feel like everyone is like, oh, if you don't do that, like you took the easy way out. I'm like, mm-hmm. C-sections are not the easy way out. <laughs> no, no, no. I cannot imagine that major abdominal surgery would be the easy way out. Absolutely not. Yeah, that's great. There's so many, there's too many, like, it's so black and white, like, mm-hmm. you know, super crunchy like home births are the only way to go or like absolutely not I have to be in the hospital with my epidural there's so much gray area and like you said like it's still birth it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. if it was via c-section or like natural at home or anything in between like you still are a mother who has given birth to their child yes that is amazing right like you freaking did it yeah because like you and everyone's story is so different too. And like the more women I talk to, the more I'm like, you're a superhero. You are amazing because like nobody's birth story is the same either. Like everyone had such a different experience. And I think it's like really important to 
honor that about like every mom out there too, that like their experience is unique to them. And like, no matter how it went, you're allowed to feel the way you felt about it. You got through it. You did it. You're here. You are a superhero. Yeah. And that goes for you too, Jackie. You're a superhero. You You went through this crazy (laughs) C-section. Like I, that's honestly one of my biggest fears I think is like having to have a C-section. And then I talked to these amazing women who've gone through it and like come out the other side. And I'm like, you're, that's how I feel too. Like you're a hero. Like I think, I mean, all moms are, but that's, it's, it's, it's intense. So how are, you know, you got wheeled to that room. They knocked you out luckily because you were not doing too hot. Like I would not be either. Um, and then you were kind of, you got thrown into breastfeeding. How did breastfeeding go? And how was, you know, how, how long were you there? And how, you know, what happened when you went home and all that good stuff? So breastfeeding went well in the hospital. I switched to pumping the first night because, you know, it it's very different when you don't have like the doctors there to kind of like help you with everything. So pumping was my journey and it's totally fine. And I have made peace with it. Cause again, I think like, Breastfeeding versus not breastfeeding is like a whole other thing. But at the hospital, I stayed the full three days and I'm so happy I did. And I urge everyone, if this is your first time to stay the full time, because my blood pressure and the post-eclampsia didn't start until the night of day or yeah, the night of day two. And they were trying to like get us out day two in the morning. And I was like, uh, no, we're gonna stay the three days. Like, I just wanna make sure everything's right. Like, I just wanna, you know, kind of like, you know, cross all my boxes and just make sure everything is right. And I'm so happy I did because um, otherwise it could have been a very different outcome for me. Sounds like you had some intuition there and you listened. So I'm so glad you did that. And it's just like crazy too. Like, it's, I'm so happy I did. Like, something I think just like out of body almost was like, stay. Yeah. Yeah. So you stayed the three Yes. and then you got discharged. Mm -hmm. And then how did those first like two weeks go? Oh, the first two weeks. So, um, because of the postclampsia, I was on bed rest my first month, which bed rest with a newborn isn't like a real thing. So, um, uh, so the first two weeks were a little hard, um, especially because, you know, my husband was back at work, like, you know, we kind of agreed that like I would do my maternity leave, then he would do his. And since she was already late, it was like the first week of school. So he had to go into work because he's also a teacher. Um, So the first two weeks were a little nutty. And of course, like I was going through the postclampsia. And of course, that's the time everyone wants to come visit is like the first two weeks. So um, it was just like a lot. I, I felt very overwhelmed, very stressed. And in general too, because of the c-section they don't like tell you how to heal from it just that like you have this thing and to not lift more than x amount of weight and to not move strenuously which a lot of this the pain with it kind of took me by surprise with just like moving around and having to carry a newborn and like you know just kind of like situate yourself for everything so i feel like the first two weeks were just really survival mode and just kind of trying to get through everything. Um, Luckily, like my family was around and like they were very, very supportive and helpful with stuff. So, you know, I'm very lucky there because I know a lot of people don't have that. Um, But it was, it was just, you know, kind of on a little overwhelming, I will say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That big, I remember I'm thinking back and like, yeah, those first like few weeks were, yeah, were really hard. It's, I'm so glad you had 
some people around you for support. Yes. Um, because that, I mean, mamas need support. Yes. Like the whole, it takes a village thing, right? Like oh I've God. kind of changed my mindset from it takes a village <laughs> to raise a baby to it takes a village to support a mom so she can raise a baby. Like, yes. Cause really that is what we need, right? Oh, like we 100%. need the support so that then we can like, we're perfectly capable of raising our own children, but like we need help. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Especially like the first few weeks. And like some moms are like, super moms, I'm telling you, and they just like hop right into it. And like, it is also very okay if that was not you. Um, because like things do happen and it is way harder than you think. Like, you know, this is, this is your first time ever doing something like this. And you don't know what insanely sleep deprived you is like, you don't know what in pain you is like, you don't know what, like all of that on top of like taking care of a, a newborn who is essentially helpless in, you know, your home setting with everything else going on too. It's just, it can be a lot. And I, I completely agree with what you said. It takes a village to like help a mom. And I honestly, and I've, <laughs> I've said this to my husband so many times that I wish you could pick a person in your life that could also take the first six or eight weeks off with you for like disability or ma like maternity leave or something like aside from the paternity leave and everything because yeah. you just need some help too. Or even if it's like two or three weeks or something, just, you know, someone there with you to be like, Hey, I got this for you. You can lay down, you can rest, you can do this because I think we all need it. Oh yeah. That would be basically if a postpartum doula was like included with your insurance and your after, you know, your postpartum care, which it should be. how amazing would that be? It should be. And it's sad for us to sit here thinking about how amazing it would be when it should really just be like standard of practice yes. <laughs> or at least someone to come check on you at least a couple of times a week for the next few weeks. Right. Cause yes, like, or even just like a telehealth thing too, to be like, what are you experiencing right now? What are you, you know, feeling, what do you need help with? Here are some resources, you know? something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause mm -hmm. like it is, it's just really crazy. And I feel like at your six week appointment, they're just like, here's five questions about depression and anxiety, like better answer them. Right. Um, but if you don't, you're not going to get any resources on how to seek help afterward. Um, and yeah. And like you said before, like, by the way, like you can have sex now and exercise. And I'm like, those things are the furthest from my mind. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. You're like, uh, I actually really just maybe want to like talk to a therapist and have someone come help me like cook dinner and do my laundry. Yes. That'd be great. Maybe let me take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A shower. Come over and be like, you're fine. You're okay. Like even just like a hype person to come over and be like, you're doing a good job. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> Amen to all of that. That's Hopefully one day that would be amazing. Oh yeah. Um, I, I tell, I, again, like I tell my husband all the time, like I want to quit teaching, just like change how maternity leave is in America because I'm like so upset with how women are just, you know, thrown into this without a lot of warning about things. And, you know, they're like, put a smile on, lose the weight right away. And also be like super grateful for everything and raise like the smartest, healthiest baby ever. And you're like, I don't know. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why I'm creating a postpartum course that I want to hopefully market and sell yes. to women who are pregnant or postpartum that just helps them line all these things up, helps them set up support, helps them eat better yes. so they can feel more energized and 
you know, I would love to start taking clients one-on-one in that arena as well. And just helping women. Cause like after I went through it, I was like, yes. uh-uh. like, no, no, this is not acceptable. Like we, like, I feel like I can help. So how can I help? And this yes. is like how I'm trying to help. I think that is, that's an amazing idea. I think honestly it would help so many women just to be like having almost like a checklist to be like, Oh, I need to make like, before I even deliver like X amount of meals and have them in the freezer or like, you know, if I can't do this, here's like a support system with that. And like, here's a, like, I, you just kind of feel like so helpless with it because even the packets they give you at the end, they're not like helpful. They're just kind of like what every baby book says. Like, um, if they're not doing like a, like, it's all about the baby. I feel like everything. And it's all about the baby. Yeah, exactly. Which like it should be because like as a new mom too, it's like a lot of the stuff you're just like, is this normal? But, But it's also you, like you're going through a crazy, like physical and emotional change and hormonal and like everything that, you know, a lot of people just need like a lifeline and resources and it's severely lacking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about like how feeding went, healing, sleeping, if you want to share, and then we can move on like to how you're doing now. So, uh, since I had the C-section, I couldn't go upstairs and I was on bed rest. And of course, like her whole nursery and our bedroom is upstairs. So that was also another thing I did not prepare for. So we had to get the bassinet downstairs, set up kind of like a second bedroom on the couch. So I actually slept on the couch. And of course, too, like to add to the stress, we moved into our like now house, like two months postpartum. So that was... I don't recommend it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jackie. Um, <laughs> I know. Moving, moving is like, if you like look it up, like moving is like one of the most stressful things that humans yes. do, right? And traveling and like, oh you know, there's gosh. like a list of really stressful things. Yes. <laughs> of course, that's one of them. Yeah. Oh my God. So I don't recommend it, especially like, and like I'm now being on the other side, like I said, I'm very humbled by the whole experience and like very at peace with a lot of stuff. But like in the heat of the moment, I... I was struggling. Um, it was, it was not good. Um, but yeah, so like sleeping, um, especially with her, my husband and I actually had like a pretty good routine at first. We would like study her sleep patterns. Um, probably like the science teacher and me coming out with all this. I'd be like, I have like a chart that was like, all right. So she slept for like three hours and this time she slept for like four hours and everything. So I use that to kind of make like I didn't like sleep train, sleep train, but I like kind of studied her cues and like would kind of wake her up after three hours for a feeding, which I did do um, all pumping for the first three months, which was also like a whole, I think that there needs to be like another resource on that too. Like, because I definitely did things that I like regret now looking back because, you know, you don't make a lot of milk at first. And I just remember being like, oh, I gotta get my supply up. And of course, like we're at the age now too, where like we have too much information. So I did that and then, you know, I overproduce and like mastitis and clogged ducts, which are awful. And I just kind of wish that like someone had kind of been like, hey, it's okay not to have a lot of milk. Like you can also supplement with formula because I think I gripped that really tight that like it can only be breast milk for a while. 
And I, I really wish I had not done that because I think like it was just a really big mind game and mental like hurdle to get over on top of everything else. So that, I mean, I, if I were to do it again, I probably would pump again, but definitely supplement with formula, which it's totally fine and makes a healthy baby too. And I think, you know, we're kind of sold this idea that like breast is best. And I give so much credit to the women who do breastfeed and breastfeed for the whole year and like everything else like that, because it's amazing, but it also like, it's not a reality for a lot of women and that is okay too. Yeah. So. I'm glad you said that. Cause it's, it's, it's a really easy guilt trap to fall into as a new mom, especially when of course all you want is to do what's best yes. for your baby, right? Yes. At the sacrifice of what might be best for you. But if you're not at your best or you're not well, like yeah. then it does nothing matters because you're you're their mother. Like you yeah. have to be well to take care of them. And that was a huge thing for me too. So I feel your struggle because it's it is hard. And breastfeeding is amazing. And if it yes. works well for you, please do it for as long as it yeah. works for you. Um, but if not, formula is yes. great too. Like it works, it keeps babies healthy and it's amazing. It saves lives. So yes. I love what you don't, said. Don't fear it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Don't fear it. And I love what you said too. If it's not working for you, like you have to take yeah. care of you first. And I think like, especially as a new mom, you get into like this kind of mindset that you're like, you know, it, nothing about me matters anymore because that's almost how like society makes you feel. But like you need to do what's best for you mentally as well as physically. And if breastfeeding is causing you so much stress and heartache and pumping is as well, like I remember before quitting, I had a clogged duct, I think every day for two weeks and it was so painful. And every time I had to pump, I just remember crying on the couch and my husband being like, I think you just need to stop. Like, I think we need to go to formula. And I was like, no, like I was going to do this for the first six months. And he's just, he's just like, it's not working. You're not happy. Like, I think it's time to stop. And it, it was almost like such, I guess like a godsend to hear him kind of step into and be like, you're not happy. Please stop. Like, I want to see you happy. I want to see you be a good mother. I want to see you be a happy mother. And this is not the way. And so just like even to having somebody, a friend, a partner step in and be like, no, you're not happy. Like change gears, like is okay. And sometimes yeah. we need to hear it. Oh my God. I'm like legitimately almost just started crying. Cause I was like getting flashbacks to my husband and my mom. I was in the kitchen and I was pouring tears because mm -hmm. of the physical pain I was yes. about to endure to pump again. Mm -hmm. And to barely get any milk too. Cause I had like low milk supply issues yes. and whatever, all of the things. And they both looked at me and it's like, you know, like five 30 in the morning too. Yes. And they're Always. like, Natalie, like just stop. Yeah. Like just stop. And I could not accept it. I thought it was like going to be, you know, harming my child or like I was going to be a failure of a mom if I gave up and quit because I'm in a little bit of pain. Well, it was a lot of, a lot of pain actually, yes. but like physical pain, mental pain. Yes. No, it's not worth it. Like, like for what? For, for what? what? What like you know to what end, right? So it's yeah, exactly. I'm, we like, had very is, similar. Yes, and it's, it's emotional hard. experiences yes. with that. I think yeah, it it's really hard. I think like almost more than anything else, if I were to have another kid, that is something I I'm probably more traumatized by than like 
the whole getting her into the world story. Like, because it's such a pressure on moms to like breastfeed. And sometimes like when it doesn't work out, you just are like, what is wrong with my body? Like, why can't I do this? Was I meant to be a mom? Was, and I just remember going through that so many times and being like, oh great. Like, you know, I couldn't even do a natural birth and now I can't do breastfeeding and now I can't do pumping. And it just like, it takes such a mental toll on you sometimes that you're like, at least it did for me. And I, it's okay. Like to everyone listening, it's okay. No matter how they got here, if you breastfeed, if you pump, if you formula feed, anything that makes the load lighter on you and you happiest is what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so good because we're just, we live in different times and I think we might like we're still trapped in this thinking of like, we have to do it all, but like, yeah, we were never meant to do it all and no one's ever done it all. And the ones who do it all and look like they've got it all together, mm-hmm. they're faking it. Like, yes, <laughs> you know, like it's even like back in the day, like tri- literal tribes of women came together to help a single mom, yes. you know, like their aunts and their grandmothers and their sisters and their mm-hmm. cousins all came together into that household to support her so that she could then take care of her baby. And that is not the case today in 2023. It's not going to be the case in 2024 or 2030. Like we just live in such a different world and we put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything and to bounce back and to just get straight back to the grocery store, go straight back to doing what we were doing Mm -hmm. before, go back to work and just grind and hustle Mm-hmm. But that is not, who is that serving? Nobody. Society at large? <laughs> maybe. Screw them, yeah. right? Like, may, yeah, maybe, <laughs> not really, because like you're. <laughs> no, I just like, it's, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Like, I don't think we were meant to do it all. And you know what? The women who are and, you know, are doing it all, like, I'm so happy for them. I do not know how they do it with like a smile on their face because like it is, it's so much. It is so much, especially if you're like a working mom too, or even like a stay at home mom. It's just like not how it used to be. And I think like we need to update a lot of the maternity leave laws um, or like things you can do on it and really update like resources and support and everything because times have changed and like I don't feel like much else has. Right. Yeah. It, it does. We are coming to this like culmination. I think, I think collectively a lot of women are kind of waking up and realizing these things. Right. And we're talking about it and we're getting the message out there and we're trying to, to change the narrative and it's taking a long time and it's probably going to take longer, but mm-hmm. I, I hope that you're right. And that is what, that is what we need. And, you know, hopefully it's a matter of time and eventually other countries are doing it. Yes. Right. Like there's yes. other European countries that they have this stuff built into their healthcare system. It is a hundred percent covered. It's a hundred percent promised. They have people that come to their home, midwives, whoever it is and help you. And if you don't need any help with like baby, they will like cook you a meal. They will yeah. like clean your house. Like they just come to support you in whatever way that yeah. you need. Cause they realize that that is a need yes. for the health of mom and baby. And therefore that is healthcare, right? Yes. Like that is a part of healthcare. Oh, agreed. Like there's yeah. Agreed. I 
you said it great. Like, <laughs> I'm just thinking here, like, yes, like, I need this. We agree on everything, I think. We, yes. we totally agree that there needs to be change. Yes. Oh, my gosh. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it, yeah, it is, yeah. it's just bad. Like, it's just bad right now, especially, like, and I can't, I can only speak to, like, working moms and stuff, but, like, it just, it's so much. And at the end of the day, too, I just feel like, there you're just not allowed to have like a bad day at work because you have to come home and put a smile on for your kid and like get dinner ready and like do all this stuff and then it's like you know how like (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah when you feel like you've got nothing less left to give like how do you how do you continue to keep showing up like eventually you you have to like something's got to change right like yes. something's got to oh, got to move yeah. over or you gotta, like you're just gonna break eventually yes um without that support system in place and it's yeah. not it's not naturally built in for us so we have to create it yeah on our own yeah agreed so I just want to ask you a couple more things about like up until you know your postpartum yes how did your maternity you kind of talked a little bit about maternity leave like when did you go back and then um, you know, how did that go? And then I'll I'll ask you if you want any more children. Okay. (laughs) Um, so I took about three months off for maternity leave. Luckily in New Jersey is one of the few States that like you get, um, maternity leave. So also if any teachers are listening, you have to pay separately for disability, which I highly recommend you do because disability is not included in any teaching thing in any state, I don't think. So I got the first four weeks before I had my daughter and the eight weeks after I had her paid for by disability. And then, which also is like a whole other thing, like why is birth a disability? But I could go on about that one too. But (laughs) to all teachers listening, please make sure you are paying extra for disability because um, you do get paid a little bit more with that. Um, and you do get more time. So in New Jersey too, we also get family leave. So I got 12 weeks after that of family leave. So I was really lucky to get about three, three and a half months off, um, which is nowhere near enough time either. So, and I have friends who, um, who I work with who didn't work at the school long enough to get family leave. So they had to go back. Um, and they didn't have disability either. So they went back two weeks after they had their baby. And I'm just like, how? And they're like, yeah, well, you know, I have to pay the bills. And it's it's a horrible system. It's a God. horrible, horrible system. And I feel like it is, especially as a teacher, like figuring out all the loopholes and the ways to get paid the most and to get the most time off. It's like, I feel like I had to go through, like I... I felt like I was in almost like a sci-fi movie with like riddles being like, oh, you figured out this step and now go to like the third door on the left to find whatever lady works there and ask her this, you know, like yeah. it was, it was unreal. And I just remember being like, there, there needs to be a better way for that for one. Um, but also just returning back to work, like even after three months, I was not ready mentally, physically, like, you know, And as like a high school teacher too, I remember like I had to put like the nursing pads in my bra and so I wouldn't leak. And I was just like, you know, on my breaks, I was hysterically crying in my room in the back. And I was just like, you know, I don't, I have nowhere to pump. I have nowhere to do this. Like, I can't imagine moms who 
you know, are forced out of breastfeeding and have to pump to go back to work. And like, it was just so much like, and you know, I didn't bounce back at all. So I was like still in my maternity clothes. Like I just felt like so out of like touch with everything. And it, it's kind of funny now going back um, because a lot of my coworkers, especially people who started last year and only met me postpartum this year, they're like, you weren't ready to come back. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, I was not. And they're like, you are a different person now. And I was like, yeah, no, like I, I'll tell everybody like that first year postpartum, I was not a real person until maybe 10 months. And that's like when I finally started feeling a little bit normal. So it was going back to work was really bad. So if anyone's listening and you're going back to work and like you're struggling, it's very normal. And I think it's like, there has to be something better out there for that because that's, it's just crazy. Like, it's just, I feel like it's just crazy. And then you can, you, know, you yeah. come home and you're like, you know, exhausted from work, but uh, I could go, I'm telling you, I could do a whole like 500 page book on this. Like, <laughs> I hope you do. Cause I will buy it and read it and be like yeah. mm-hmm, the whole time. Like, yep. Yep. It's like- we need, we need more. We need, we need to get that out there more yes. that like, you know, mm-hmm. this, like it's not you, like you're not the issue. Mm-hmm. Like the woman showing up to work and being like hysterically crying and mourning the fact that she has to stop breastfeeding and now she has to pump or she has to quit pumping because she has to pump in the bathroom and she doesn't want to pump in the bathroom because yes. she has nowhere else to pump. Like that's not okay. That is no. not a you problem, right? Like that is, yes. that is a bigger sy- systemic problem that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. This is like a system problem to its core. Yeah. And I just remember too, like, um, because she's at, she's at daycare two days a week and like with my mother-in-law a few days a week and then with my mom and, you know, my parents and my husband's parents, like don't know how to use their phone well. So here I am like hoping, you know, with postpartum anxiety too, like hoping for a picture or an update. So I'm calling them on my lunch break, like crying again. And they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, send me a picture of my daughter. Like, please let me know she's okay. <laughs> but yeah. it's it's hard too, cause it's also like, you have so many plans for how you want to raise your kid. And you do get time after work and you do get weekends and stuff, but so much other stuff comes up. And sometimes like, it still gets to me to this day that, you know, when I'm having a hard day and stuff, like I'll break down crying and be like, I, it's not fair that like my mother-in-law is raising my daughter more than I am some days. And like, it just, it hurts and it's sucky and there needs to be something better, I think out there, like some solution. There, there, there is, it's just like putting it all together and changing a whole system that's been in place. And that is like, Mm -hmm. you know, dictated by political affiliations and Mm -hmm. money. It's like, it's just so hard to change that. Yes. And, and also it's like, I feel like the mental load too, especially for women, because we're sold this story a lot that like you should be a career woman. Women who excel in careers are like happiest as mothers. And like, you should have another hobby outside of being a mom and you should, you know, have something else that fills your cup. And then, you know, 
I bought into that lie, or maybe it's not a lie for some people, but I bought into that story for a long time. And I spent so much of my life getting degrees in education, getting degrees in science. And then I had her and the day I went back to work, I was like, I don't care at all about this anymore. Like none of that matters. I could have not, like I could have done all this and like, not, like it doesn't matter at all. So now it's like kind of picking up the pieces and figuring out like, do I actually care about my job anymore? Should I make a pivot? But then it's like I spent most of my life working at this career and working towards this career. And it's just, I think like that, that's a lot of like mental guilt too that a lot of women face, especially when we buy into this story that I don't think is talked about a lot either is that, you know, you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to career switch. You're allowed to not be fulfilled at work anymore. And it's okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is also such a good point. And also kind of like metaphorically equivalent to just the transition of motherhood and like changing your whole perspective and your whole identity mm-hmm. that can kind of filter over into other areas of oh. what you, you know, like yeah. who, who am I? You have this almost opportunity if you kind of like look at it in that way. Right. Of like, yes. you can kind of recreate who you are mm-hmm. because you're forced to in this really big way of becoming a mom, but you can also kind of be like, well, what do I even like? Like what even makes me tick anymore? I can oh, yeah. choose new hobbies and I can quit my job and I can mm-hmm. figure something else out or like you said career pivot like do you even enjoy what you're doing like all this time all these hours every single day every single week that you're spending doing this one thing like Mm -hmm. you might not have ever stopped and really thought about it before until you were kind of forced to in this this role yes and like my mom um was like a career woman to her core and I remember (laughs) like the month after I went back to work I like broke down I was hysterically crying in my car on the way home from work, just being like, how did you do this? Like, how did you do it? And she was like, I didn't have a choice. And she didn't at the time. And she was making, like had a great career and everything. She's, but she's like, you have a choice. She's like, you could do a lot with your degree. You know, it was like, but I just remember being like, why did you emphasize career so much? You know, like, and I was like, I can't do it. And it was, it was really hard and things have gotten better now. And I promised everyone out there who is struggling, like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It's just, you know, you do realize you're a new person though. And you realize like, I don't need to stay late at work. I don't need to put in this extra mile. Like my salary's not changing based off that. Like, you know, I go in, I do my job, I leave. And that is that. And like, I, you know, as a mom now too, like I used to, as a teacher, be so enthusiastic about so many lessons and activities. And now I'm just kind of like, here's a worksheet. Like I, I can't afford to put all of my energy into these kids today because I need to go home and put energy into hanging out with my daughter and making memories with her. And that's okay too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, totally, totally. Like you, you have to kind of reassess what your priorities are. And after you become a mom, like (laughs) your priorities are going to of course change. And I feel like there's some people that don't understand that usually Mm -hmm. people that don't have kids themselves yet, you know, or like, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So um, I think that that, (laughs) and I was one of those people before I had kids, I was so quick to judge like other moms out in public that I would see them, how they were reacting to some, their kids behavior or like 
I don't know, just every little random yes. thing. I'd be like, oh my God, I would never do that. Or, oh my God, I can't believe they're doing that. And then now I'm like, oh my God, I would totally yes. do that. Like, like leashes, for example, like in a crowded yes. place, I was like, why would you put your kid on a leash? They're not a dog. Don't have a kid. If you're going <laughs> to put them on a leash. And now I'm like, I'm sorry, but I would a hundred percent put my daughter on a freaking leash in a, in a crowded place. Like, <laughs> Oh my God. It's so funny. Before you have kids, you're always the perfect parent. And you're uh-huh. like, yeah. <laughs> I remember too, like, uh, I texted one of my friends, like going back to work and stuff. And I was like, why didn't you tell me how it was? Like, I was like, I'm so embarrassed for like things I said or didn't help with or didn't say or didn't do. And she's like, honestly, no one knows until they know. So it's like to every new mom out there who's like mortified, like I was that you treated some of your mom friends the way you did and didn't call or help out enough. Like, we all get it. We don't know till we know. <laughs> like, yeah, <it's>, exactly. <laughs> you just got to go through it. It's kind of like preparing for postpartum. Like, yeah, yes, there is a lot that you can prepare for and it can really help to set things up. Yeah. But you kind of have to take each day as it comes and like yes. each, you know, challenge as it comes and, you know, kind of be flexible and adaptable when that, when that comes up, because yeah, you really don't know until you're going through it and everyone's experience is going to be different. Like we've said yes. throughout this entire podcast. So, yes. And I think like one big thing with that too, like, um, like I said, with the words before is like, you need to find peace with the messy and the not having control. And that like your kid is not going to fit every mold and it's not going to be like your friend's kids and you know, they're, they're your own kids and being okay with that and not like hyper fixating on everything is a better path. (laughs) That's so true. And so good. It's so, it's so easy to forget that too. And be like, Oh my God, they're not saying, you know, 10 words at this age yet, or they're not doing this at this point, or they're not like eating that much. Like, is our other kids eating that much? Like they only took one bite of their dinner. Like, Oh my God, they're so many things, right. That we're like, Oh, always, is this right? Is this normal? Is this adequate? Is this enough? Like is something wrong? Oh my God. Um, I went through that actually recently. Like I had a step back and I was like, cause, um, our daughter's not walking yet. She like, we'll take a few steps. She's no interest in it right now. And I, I, I actually like cried to her daycare teacher. I was like almost in tears talking to her. I was like, is everything okay? Like, do I need to do early intervention? She's like, she's fine. She's like exactly where she needs to be. Some kids walk early. And of course they're always going to be your friend's kids. And like, (laughs) (laughs) so don't worry. Like it's, you just got to have like peace that, you know, and trust too, that you'll know if something is truly wrong. Yeah. That's a really good point too. Yeah. So last thing I want to ask you is, do you want any more children? And if so, how do you know? So I do. I do. Um, I think a lot of it though comes from that I grew up most of my life as an only child. Uh, My brother, my half brother and I are 13 years apart. And then I got step siblings when I was in high school And I just like remember always wanting like a sibling and always wanting a like a built-in friend almost, which I know is not always the case. Um, But I don't think we're done. And it's just like, it's a feeling inside. And Mm -hmm. um, I've talked to a few of like my cousins and everything who have multiples, have one, and they were just always kind of like, you just know, like it's a feeling you have and don't do it until like you're ready and they're just like, you just kind of have this feeling deep down that you're like not done yet. And 
now being on the outside of a lot of things and, you know, having a lot of peace with what happened, um, I think we, we probably will start trying again pretty soon. So I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm hoping, yeah. you know, be having like so many weird things happen that like this go around will be a little smoother, but even if it's not, you know, I would be happy to try again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. You will. Like I, at least I believe that, and I've been told as well, that it is kind of just like annoying. Cause we're in this, yes. we're in a similar place where we're like, I feel like I want another, like I always mm. saw myself with more than one. Yes. But I'm still in this place of like, I don't know if I can go back and like start all of that over again. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's a hard decision. It's a very personal decision. And hopefully I'll just wake up one day and be like, I know for sure. Like, yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Like it, it's a very personal decision. Like, um, so many of my friends were like doing the two under two thing and, you know, as a mom, you kind of like calculate sometimes, like if I, you know, can see mm-hmm. that this date I'll deliver you. So <laughs> yeah, I literally <laughs> have, I have like a list. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. I do. I actually have one of my, saved on my Pinterest board that I'm like, I go back to, I'm like, <laughs> yep. um, I was like, okay, so we should get pregnant because she was born in August. So she turned one in August. And I was like, let's try in July and August. And I, I said this in like March last year or something. And <laughs> July and August came and I was like, I'm just not ready. Like I, I'm yeah. not ready physically. I'm not ready emotionally. I'm not ready mentally. And um, there's like a big part of me too, because I've talked to a few friends of mine who have uh, kids that are on the same age. And they're just kind of like, I don't want this chapter to end with just them quite yet. And I think that's like a good way to kind of like gauge, like, I don't want this chapter with her to just end quite yet, but I'm also like at a point right now where I'm almost ready for the next chapter to see her as like a sister. So I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love both of the, I love the, like, you're not ready for it. Cause I've thought that way too, of like, I love just having her right now yes. and kind of being able to like spoil her and all of our time is spent with her and she doesn't have to share it. But I'm also to that point where I'm like, but she would make such a good sister and it would just like how amazing and rewarding and like warm and cozy it would be to see her, you know, like step into that role, Mm -hmm. um, as a, as an older sibling. I just think that there's something really special about that. Right. And if it's something that you want for your family, it would, it will be really special. And I think like, and I think, you know, and I think one thing that a lot of people have said to me, and I believe it very much so is that like, you have to stand firm and knowing that, you know, like if you know, you're done, that is okay. And you don't have to explain that to anybody. And if you know you're not done, you also don't have to explain that to anybody. Like you just have to, yeah. But like, I very much feel like the next chapter is starting to creep in a little bit, at least in my mind to be like, Mm -hmm. she understands things now. Like she is really good with other kids. She like has a lot of love to give. I think like the next chapter, I'm excited for it to start coming sooner. So that's like kind of just where I am mentally and who knows things could change tomorrow, but <laughs> like in the next hour, right? Like I'll go upstairs and the house is like probably destroyed with like the dog and her. And I'm going to be like, Nope, never mind. You know, nope. 100% no, <laughs> it's the same for me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. <laughs> me too. Well, so good to talk to you today, Jackie. Are there any resources that you want to share with the listeners before we wrap up? 
I would say if you feel like you are going through anxiety or postpartum depression, what really helped me, and like, this sounds so silly, but I found little journals on Amazon for anxiety and depression postpartum. And honestly, putting aside like a half hour a day just to journal and get everything out and to be like, oh my God, I got to like stuff out instead of holding it all in was a huge part of my healing journey. I think also just finding people, finding your people online, like finding you, finding like other resources online that fit how you are feeling was a huge lifesaver for me. Because like I said before, I was following all these like, you know, moms who were making it look perfect. And, um, oh my God, there's like one influencer I was following at the time who had her third kid unmedicated birth. Like it was perfect. She's like, read these affirmations. It'll help you get through it. And I, I had to unfollow her. Cause I was like, I can't, I can't listen to this anymore because it's so not what I'm going through and like more power to her. She's so happy. She's probably an amazing woman, but it just like, wasn't my story or my journey. And I think like finding your people online is a huge thing. And just finding people who went through what you went through, like being open about your story. You don't have to always say it's like perfect because other people probably have the same story. And I actually became very, very close friends with a girl at work who I had no idea went through like almost an identical story to mine. And her and I, I guess maybe we trauma bonded a little bit, but like <laughs> you kind of have to sometimes. And if I had kept all that in and you know didn't speak about it, her and I would never be friends and I would never, have probably gotten over some of the things I got over, but like finding your people, I think is the best thing you can do. And however you do that, I think is like, I mean, I don't want to give like specific resources because I know everyone's story is different, but I think just finding your people is like the biggest help you can get. It's so true. It's so healing and supportive. And that's really what, really what we need in this, in this time in our life. So I love that. Thank you so much. Um, and then where can the listeners find you if they want to reach out to you, you know, get to know you a little bit more? Um, you can always find me on Instagram. Um, my username is Jackie Fit Fox Teach. I think there's like a period between every word. Uh, so Jackie period, fit period, Fox period, teach. <laughs> Perfect. And I'll, I'll link all that in the show notes. So if anyone wants to reach out to you and find you, they can. Um, and yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, Jackie. I really appreciate it. This was a great conversation. I loved hearing your story and I just really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for inviting me to come on. I really had a great time. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please spread some love by sharing this with a friend or anyone who could benefit from tuning in. If you'd like the video version of the podcast, check out Birth of a Mama on YouTube. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at the.moms.nutritionist and follow the podcast to be notified of each new episode. If you'd like to support the podcast further, please leave a review on whatever platform you listen on. This helps get the word out there, which helps moms heal and thrive.